0: Are we about to have World War III? What in the world is Nancy Pelosi doing in Taiwan? These are some of the questions you may be asking yourself if you're paying attention to current events. And the current event I'm talking about today is just one of many, but probably the one that there's more focus on today than perhaps any other. And of course that would depend upon where you're sitting because there are some primaries today that are very important in relationship to the midterms. But that's another story. The January 6th thing is another story. The Ukraine-Russia thing is another story. All the prime ministers and presidents that are being run out of the country or being replaced, that's another story. The question of our own should I say, president, that seems to be in cognitive decline and also not so good health, not to mention his policies that are horrible. But the question today is, why is Nancy, the Wicked Witch of the West, in Taiwan? After all the warnings that have been issued by Red China toward her, toward the United States, Why is she there? Why is the Secretary of State in Taiwan? Did Joe Biden authorize this visit? He said the military is not so fond of it. And the military is moving around in massive ways right now in response and also in preparation based on the military movements of China who are threatening to shoot down her plane, which that didn't happen on the way in, we know that because she didn't land, but they're also threatening and have been threatening to take Taiwan, claiming that it is part of China and the United States supposedly is standing on behalf of Taiwan as a separate democratic nation from China and so, It makes you wonder with all the things going on in the world, why did this old woman from California who has far exceeded her time in Congress, in most of our opinions, I would hope, why is she in Taiwan? Well, let me read you a passage of scripture, and I'm going to take a little bit from Matthew 24, maybe a little bit from Mark 13, and then also maybe a little bit from Luke 21. And all of these chapters are the context of the Olivet Discourse. And the Olivet Discourse was a sermon that Jesus preached, if you please. Actually, it was a conversation that he had with four of the disciples. It wasn't every single one of the disciples, so apparently there was eight of them that were not privy to the actual dialogue until perhaps later, just like you and me. But Peter, James, John, and Andrew were the four that he took aside privately and gave them some eschatological chronology based on some questions they posed him. And with that as a basis for my uh, video, well, this is not a video, my audio today, I I wanna use that for my text. So I'm reading first in Matthew 24. Now, as he sat on the Mount of Olives, the disciples came to him privately saying, tell us when will these things be? Now that's their first question. And it's based upon a question that he posed prior to that. Do you not see all these things pertaining to the temple? And then he said, "Assuredly, I say to you, not one stone shall be left here upon another that shall not be thrown down. Now I could discuss this at length because I have been there twice and seen uh, some of the results of this statement. But... Let's go back to the questions being posed by the four disciples that he is talking to privately. This is called the Olivet Discourse. And so if you want to call it a sermon, you could, I suppose. But it's actually a conversation with some questions being exchanged, some answers being given. And it's recorded in Matthew 24, Luke 21 and Mark 13 in the Synoptic Gospels. So back to the question. Tell us when will these things be? This is verse 3. And then the next question is two-part. What will be the sign of your coming? The word coming is parousia. And of the end of the age or the aeon. So basically there's three questions there. Now, I really want to get the answer from the book of Luke. But I just wanted to point out to you that the questions posed are a little broader than what Mark and Luke record in their uh, account. So in Mark's account, Mark 13, Peter, James, John, and Andrew asked him privately, tell us when will these things be and what will be the sign when all these things will be fulfilled? So the question, the makeup of the questions there sound a little different, but, but very similar to Matthew 24. Only thing is Matthew 24 includes this the sign of your coming and of the end of the age now if we go to luke 21 it's a little bit different yet there so they asked him saying teacher but when will these things be and what sign will there be when these things are about to take place okay so now we have three places where we see these questions posed And now I want to read you the answer from Luke 21. Remember, you can read this answer in the other two places as well. It varies just a little bit because these are three different authors and they're giving their uh, inspired writing of what took place. And so in order to get a comprehensive view, it's good to to read all three. But I'm just going to read Luke 21 right now. He said, this is verse 8, Take heed that you do not be deceived for many will come in my name saying I am he the time is drawn near therefore do not go after them but when you hear of wars and commotions do not be terrified do not be terrified I repeated that for these things must come to pass first but the end will not come immediately so my answer based on that And some other scriptures is, while it looks like this could be the end, it's not. But it's a sign of the end, okay? It's a sign of the end. So we're not to be terrified. These things have to happen first. Verse 10 says, then he said to them, nation will rise against nation. So we have China and America. Over there in uh, Eastern Europe, we have Ukraine and Russia. Down in the Middle East, we have Syria, we have Russia there, we have Iran there, we have the United States there, we have Israel adjacent to that uh, situation, and Turkey uh, in Iraq, in Iran, and, and so on. I mean, you could just keep going. Nation will rise against nation, kingdom against kingdom. And there will be great earthquakes in various places and famines and pestilences, and there will be fearful sights and great signs from heaven. Now, let me finish reading this, and I'm going to talk about Nancy Pelosi and Taiwan a little bit before I quit. So that's that's what I want to focus on. Okay? I'm pretty sure you want to hear what I have to say, even though um, it's certainly not everything there is to be said about it, but it's an opinion that I have that I think is a sense of what is going on. I'm going to share that with you in a moment. Verse 12 of Luke 21 says, But before all these things, they will lay their hands on you and persecute you, delivering you up to the synagogues and prisons. We've got people in prison right now that shouldn't be there. You will be brought before kings and rulers for my name's sake, but will turn out for you as an occasion for a testimony, for testimony. Therefore, settle it in your hearts, not to meditate beforehand on what you will answer. For I will give you a mouth and wisdom, which all your adversaries will not be able to contradict or resist. Look at that. You will be betrayed even by parents and brothers, relatives and friends, and they will put some of you to death. So, this doesn't mean every single person is going to have this exact same situation. This is a broad, general description of of things that will take place and certain things will befall some things and other things will befall others at various times in history and at various times toward the end. That's a little commentary for you. But notice what verse 17 says. You will be hated by all for My name's sake. And so often uh, we are given to know that while they may be making Uh, Enemies, uh, characterizing as enemies, conservatives and Republicans and um, make America great, again, uh, patriots, uh, Trump followers, um, and using terms like racist, white supremacists, and um, all these other slurs, haters, phobics, so on. Um, the the actual ultimate enemy of the world's culture written uh, or overseen by uh, Hasatan, the ultimate enemy of, of Satan is the Christians. You will be hated of all for my name's sake. Now this is what I want you to get. But not a hair of your head shall be lost. Now you know that's a hyperbole because you can't comb your hair or wash your hair without losing a hair. But he's saying that there will be some that will be protected. Because, you know, when you, when you make a hyperbolic statement like that, not a hair of your head shall be lost. That is ultimate protection. And then he says in verse 19, by your patience, possess your souls. Okay. Now, there's a lot more eschatology going forward in this passage and so on, that we're not going to get into. I want to focus right now on Nancy Pelosi and what she is doing in uh, Taiwan. First of all, this is Nancy Pelosi's last hurrah. Um, She is the Speaker of the House, unfortunately, and she will not be the Speaker of the House, um, I, I guess I should say, after January, because... Even though there's a red wave in November, uh, the actual change of Congress doesn't take place until January. So this is her last hurrah. Um, She's not coming back as Speaker. She very well may not be coming back to Congress at all. What is she doing? Do the Democrats want war with China? if so why well here's what i think and 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 parsing this is going to be a little difficult because while there there are many players on each side and they're not all walking in lockstep with one another there are some differences of opinion there are some differences of modus operandi stratagems ploys and tactics that in that are in, that are engaged and utilized for the purpose of carrying out a certain agenda, and and Satan has his own tapestry of events. God has his own um, weaving of human involvement that culminates in his. Ultimate victory, so we know that, and that's why we're we're glad we're on the right side. So we know that Hunter Biden right now is being investigated, or he's he's going to be investigated. Actually, he probably is. We just don't know all about it. And uh, more than likely, he's going to be indicted. And President uh, Biden, I said that, but you know what I mean. Resident Biden, <laughs> he's probably going to resign. If something doesn't happen to him first, he may be uh, impeached after uh, the new Congress is seated or the 25th Amendment. I think that might come sooner than uh, the impeach impeaching. I, I think there's there's two possibilities here. He's the 25th Amendment where it's decided by his own party, frankly, that he's not capable cognitively. Uh, and physically of maintaining his position as president, Um, if that threat uh, is carried out, somebody in his own party starts that. The cabinet, more than likely. Somebody in the cabinet, but the Congress gets involved. And anyway, um, then I I look for him to possibly resign given um, the humiliation of his son, and his involvement with the shenanigans of Hunter pertaining to selling out America to other nations, including China. And that's why I'm bringing this up. Not just Ukraine and other nations, but China. The money laundering, the deals that were made under the table, behind the scenes, in obscurity, clandestine conversations, I just see a, a huge amount of embarrassment coming to a dementia older man, And I could talk about you know Jill and elder abuse and all the different aspects of what's going on pertaining to this man and his mind. But that's not the purpose of this particular podcast. So back to Pelosi. If Pelosi is being dispatched there for the purpose of making Biden look strong, in other words, she comes out of it with her life and her uh, entourage safely, then they stood up in the face of China and China stood down. And that makes them look strong, if that's their motivation. Okay, now, the other side of that is Nancy Pelosi knows about the 25th amendment and she's positioning her, herself for a little longer stretch than the end of her congressional term. And that could come sooner rather than later because the and I'm thinking out loud now right in front of you, okay? But that could come sooner rather than later because if she is not in Congress again um, after January, then I guess she goes into retirement. But if she makes this move that I'm describing before then, then not only is she not the Speaker of the House, but is she positioning herself for a possible move sideways into the presidency? How could that happen, Pastor Rick? Well, <laughs> some of these things are unprecedented. I'm not altogether sure that they could work perfectly. I'm just talking about motivations of people, not what's going to happen, okay? What could happen, what their motivations are, and ulterior motives. I'm, I'm not even trying to impugn people. I mean, how can you impugn somebody that's wicked? Um, how can you demonize somebody that's demonic, I mean just think about it with me. Kamala is not going to be president long if she's if she slides into that position. I don't know how that they would get her out. Um there's a whole another side of this that I haven't even touched on just yet in this podcast and that is the possibility of Trump's return and all the things that would bring that to bear either before or after the midterms. Okay? So if Nancy's visit to Taiwan is not authorized by Joe Biden, then maybe she has an ulterior motive, okay? So you got Biden's motive to look strong and to take everybody's attention off of the, the midterms or to try to generate votes by not only uh, taking out the terrorist uh, a day or two ago that he cl- claims he took out. That's a whole other discussion because some people think that ter- that same terrorist has been killed more than once. <laughs> it's just, you know, I don't want to get off into that. And not only that, but uh, the same thing that Trump did with a different terrorist, he criticized and and had plenty to say about it. So, so, but but now that they know there's a red wave coming, trying to make him look strong by taking out the terrorist, by dispatching Nancy Pelosi to stand up, stand down red China, coming home safely. And uh, they could, could together, could be collectively working toward that end. Or she knows that he's not long for the Oval Office. And maybe she's trying to position herself for further political gain and promotion either into Congress, which I'm not sure how that would even happen if she if there's a red wave, I don't think she really wants to wind up in Congress and not be the speaker and have a Republican speaker and a republican majority so i I just don't see her wanting that to happen or, or wanting to be in the Congress in that case. Is she positioning herself as she goes out as some kind of a heroine, as somebody that maybe will make a move toward trying to get into the presidency in a sideways fashion? And I'm not describing all the constitutional and political uh, jockeying that would take place in order to make that happen. I'm asking this legitimate question. Is she positioning herself for elevation? Or is she positioning herself to sail off into the sunset having um, made an impression on people as somebody of great courage and, and, and a, a great stateswoman? That's what I'm asking. Okay. Now, I did mention the Trump return. That's for a different podcast. I've already mentioned that in other podcasts because I really think that Trump has some kind of plans to come back before 2024. And I have said that in other podcasts. I will say it again in future podcasts. So I'm not saying that Nancy's going to be successful no matter what her motivation is. I'm not saying that Biden is gonna be successful because I don't believe he is, no matter what his motivation is. I'm pointing out <clears throat> some of the audacious reasons why Nancy may be in Taiwan. Now, what's China gonna do after she leaves? Are they gonna shoot her plane down as she leaves? Or are they gonna let her go and then take Taiwan. and if the taking of Taiwan is pending, it's been talked about for months before Pelosi was going to go to Taiwan. If China goes goes ahead with this invasion or somehow uh, makes Taiwan theirs, you know takes this huge military step. Whether or not there's a lot of people lost in it or not is a whole other discussion. Whether or not it starts World War III or not is a whole other discussion. But that's the one reason why I read the wars and rumors of wars scenario in the Olivet Discourse and said, don't be terrified. These things have to happen, but the end will not come immediately. In other words, this is a sign of the end, but it is not the end. That's what I am saying. Um, I know that's a big statement. Um, so, we've got a lot to watch this next few days, and next few weeks, and next few months. We've got a lot of praying to do. We've got some speaking to do. We've got some voting to do. And we've got, uh, you know, some real um, vigilance to employ. Now, um, if if China were to take Taiwan, even after Nancy leaves, there's this uh, thought that just like in Ukraine, there were all these bio uh, labs for bio weapons um, that supposedly helped justify the reasons for the invasion by Vladimir Putin of Ukraine, then, would she have a legitimate reason to invade Taiwan for bioweapon um, reasons or other uh, threats to the mainland? I'm just asking the question because these are some of the things that are being talked about. So, the bottom line is, um, she landed, she's there. She's gonna leave and the noise will probably get louder before it gets quieter. And the result, I believe, is gonna be a shakeup, not just around the world, but right here. Because there's a lot of complicated uh, wrangling and entangling with the po- political powers in both countries, including um, the current occupier of the Oval Office and his family. And this is what, this is what makes this uh, paradox uh, a little more complicated than what meets the eye. And perhaps my thinking out loud has allowed you to see that there's more going on here than just an old woman who may be senile herself going into a country willy-nilly and provoking them to possible World War III. I hope this has helped you today. I feel confident that uh, I'm at peace, but I really feel like there's a lot of people that are just going to be caught in a snare um, because of the shocking way things uh, transpire over the next little while. And they don't have to be, especially if you're listening to this. You don't have to be. Get saved. Get Jesus in your heart. Ask Him in. Get filled with the Spirit. Get baptized in His name. Follow Him. Live for Him. Draw close to Him. And recognize that He has everything under His control, and ultimately, we are on the winning side. Persons that don't do that, the snare is out there. And it's not just a mouse trap, my friend. It is bigger than a bear trap. And that's why we need the blood of Jesus, the name of our God, and the great Word of God as our roadmap and our instruction book and our understanding of the will of God, the kingdom of God, and what God has planned for the future. God bless you today. Thank you for tuning in to The Prophetic Angle. In Jesus' name.